to Real Cinema Club. I'm James Baker, and over here I'm Andres Lorente. And uh, I was I I went to visit a friend this week, uh, and it's, they moved house like a year or so ago, and had a whole bunch of work done to the house, and he's just bought a new TV. Ooh. Um, and uh, he was kind of so excited. It, I'm, I'm glad we still live in an age where people are excited to show you their new TV. Yeah. Um, but so he had like this, you know, nice, you know, expensive 55 inch television with this nice surround sound system. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he was pointing out that um, he sits so close to the screen now of this enormous 4K TV yeah. that it really feels an awful lot like going to the cinema, that he can't really find the appeal now in going to the cinema because... You, know, you can see something with probably just as good image quality and not far off as good sound quality, you know, at home yeah. where he doesn't have to pay for the popcorn like we do here. Yeah. Um, cool. And I, I did, I did make me realize that the difference between watching, you know, a film at home these days and watching a film at the cinema is, is a much smaller gulf than it used to be, say, you know, 20 years ago when your other option was to wait for yeah. a film to come on TV and then you would watch it on your 22 inch you know, mm-hmm. Sony Trinitron or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, with its tiny little speakers and, and its four by three screen. Yeah. If you wanted to watch something in scope, then you'd have these massive black borders at the top yeah. of the bottom of the screen and the whole image was only about seven inches high. Yeah. Um, it does worry me a little bit about what's going to happen to places like this. What's going to happen to cinemas when you can see, you know, see a film almost as well when you are at home? And I wonder whether we're going to have to see some kind of um, some kind of some kind of technological innovation, yeah. or we're just going to have to give up on the whole idea. Mm. He's he's sitting too close to the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up; you had to be six feet, roughly two meters from the screen. So yeah, he's I, sitting a lot closer than two meters. I think. Yeah, I, yeah. I think if he sits back a little farther, he's going to realize, oh, I should be in the theater. <laughs> so I think that's the end of our discussion. I mean, he just needs to move join us next week. But... <laughs> Um, I, I, I have no TV right now. I gave, <gasps> I, we've been doing some like renovations, remodelings, reimaginings of the house. And I gave away, um, a surround sound system with TV. It had a DVD player too. It was you, great. Was that you gave away? I did. We put it up online for $50 and then I don't know if it's really the right thing to do when we do that, but we ask for a little <laughs> bit of money, but then if it's, you know, if it seems like it's a nice person and they actually come and get it as opposed to just ghosting us, then I just give them, he actually gave me the 50 bucks and then I hung, I hung onto it for a little while because he hadn't taken this last piece of furniture that I wanted him to come get. And then when he came for that, I gave him the $50 back. So. <laughs> um, but as a result, we don't have a TV and it was a big one, but it was also heavy um, and, you know, becoming a little obsolete. Um, so I went to the, I found a monitor here in the house and it's kind of crazy because I'm running um films from my computer onto this monitor that's actually not much larger than the computer itself so it's a little <laughs> bit ridiculous but um and then I've sort of jury rigged this um I'm using some of my Bose ooh Bose guys are you out there I just mentioned your name. Um, I'm using sponsors of the Two Real Cinema Club. I'm using some of my Bose equipment to enhance the sound so it's 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 tiny it's probably a 20-inch screen at most, maybe less than that. Um, Whoa. As I said, it's like a big commu- computer mo- monitor. But um, I'm finding that I look at things differently. Like uh, You can sort of see the films that hold their own on a small screen. Ah, and you, yes. I think you've got a good point. Like a lot of people used to see stuff on – you used to see more movies just on your, your basic um, TV station. So you'd, 
you can see how well something is made. If it, if the environment is really bad, then you can see how well the film actually holds up on its own, I think. And that's and remember, a friend of ours, um, Patrick, who has a music studio in London, he said, you know, he's mixing stuff with all sorts of great gear, but then when he goes to listen to it, he usually puts it on like a crappy box because that's how most people used to listen to stuff, on <laughs> bad radio or something like that. So you want to, it should be good enough that it stands out on a, on a lesser piece of technology. So all of that to say that, yes, I think people are consuming it in a less than optimal environment. We see films generally at home now. But a good storytelling is kind of independent of technology, isn't it? You just, you yeah. just remind me, we must have talked about this before, that one of yeah. my most memorable viewing experiences ever was watching Videodrome, the Cronenberg picture oh. on a 13-inch black and white television. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, because actually, you know, that, that kind of you know, scratchy, small black and white screen actually kind of enhances the experience of yeah. watching Videodrome, yeah. which is about the, you know, the weird pervasive nature of scratchy TV. And, and books, books still exist. But, you know, I think books are probably, you know, the most immersive storytelling technology. Yeah. You know, books have the best special effects in the same way that people say that radio has the best visuals, doesn't it? You know, yeah. the, the special effects are always brilliant on radio because, you know, it's, you know, you, you know you, you, it looks so fantastic. And, so, yeah. you know, the good, good storytelling will survive. Yeah, t- the, the other end of that, though, is that um, – when we were traveling on um, an internal, I think it was a U.S. Airlines flight um, in the spring, they had no no screens at all. If you wanted to watch a film during the flight, they had in-flight Wi-Fi and you had to watch the film on your your phone. Oh. And I wonder what proportion of uh, films these days are watched on an iPhone, you know, a screen which would be absolutely dwarfed by that 13-inch black and white TV. Yeah. Um, I suspect more films are watched, you know, on that little four and a half inch screen yep. um, than on any other single surface. Um, you know, it, probably the iPhone is the end point that everybody should be aiming for with their, with their cinema now. It's an odd kind of personalization because you just mentioned books and radios being very cinematic because it's, it's independent imagination that's making the, the actual images, the visuals, let's say. Um, and here we are, you're absolutely right, looking at a lot of films on a tiny, tiny surface. Um, and not only that, but generally alone. Um, it used to be that it was a communal exercise to go out and see a film. And yeah. now it's, it's increasingly becoming a personalized activity, um, but without the, the power of the book or the radio to put that image in your head and allow you to sort of make the film in your mind. Now it's just right there and you can watch it in 75 different moments of two minutes each to get through the film. <laughs> um, can, I see it happening in my classroom sometimes, oddly enough. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's that personalized and you're not seeing it in anything that resembles the original destination of a film, which is a theater sitting down once, not going to the bathroom during the film and just seeing it on one go with other people there. Yeah, and seeing a film in a, a crowded room full of strangers or, or a crowded room full of friends. I mean, you know, a crowded room full of your work colleagues, um, but, but a crowded room where you can enjoy that, you know, that group experience. There's something about, you know, humans in a group, isn't it? it, mm-hmm. it you know, clearly there's something pheromonal or just something neurological which is going on when you have an experience in a group, which makes it very, very different. Yeah. I feel in some ways we're we're coming to this point in history where there are just too many people, though, and <laughs> pandemics have certain certainly changed uh, the way we consume a lot of things. But I, 
I think the, the, the knee-jerk reaction is that people are doing everything alone now, um, which is not any way to live because I think we are community-minded in our, in our existential makeup. Um, there, is a, there is a kind of technological solution to that, which is the watch party. Have you ever done this? I think Disney certainly allows this. I think maybe Netflix does yeah. as well, where you can you can contact all of your friends and tell them what, when you are going to go and see if when you are going to watch a film on the service, yeah. and you can all queue it up together and you can all start watching it at exactly the same moment. Yeah. You know, my daughter has done this with her friends, and so that way you can you know you can talk to each other during the film, yeah, yeah. Um, and you're all watching it at exactly the same moment. Boy, that's a real workaround, though, isn't it? That's, that's <laughs> it's not. A it's not even remotely. Interesting or appealing to me, but I think they're kind of onto something. And I'll the first thing I'll say is, well, no, I've said other stuff. That's a lie. The next thing I'll say is this: um, the atmosphere really, I think, does affect the way I respond to a film. If I've driven to a mall and then walked across some parking lot full of gas-guzzling vehicles, and then I'm sitting in a theater that is surrounded by 18 other theaters. It's It sort of becomes depersonalized, even though technically I'm seeing it in a group of people, with a group of people. Um, I remember going to some films in New York City for the first time where there weren't that many multiplexes, and you'd have these small, almost like viewing rooms. It's like maybe 30 people in a small, and the screen is smaller too, but it seems really big because you're in a small room, but you're with people. Um, and I think that, that was a eye-opening experience for me, and I think that might be one remedy in the future is that it might mimic the what is I would call the microbrewery uh, craze here is that you know beer has gone from being f- mostly corporate couple of brands just mass producing crap to these smaller spaces that are producing their own beer and have they're kind of creating their own communities so i could see something like that emerging where the stakes are a little bit lower. Maybe you're not you know, showing big production films for long periods of time, but maybe you're showing uh, more independent stuff and in a smaller screening room where there's actually a community and maybe you can go to the bathroom quickly and maybe you can get a beer or some food while you're doing it. And I've, I've seen places like this across the United States, but not that often. Um, and I think that would be a sort of a nice little marriage of the two where you're in a group, but it feels more intimate. I think that's what we're missing in terms of rooms right now. Everything is either big, big budget and multiplex or you're alone in your house watching on your computer. And that's the same computer you've been doing everything else on all day long. And that's not really a cinematic experience to me. I, I feel like we're at, at a fork in the road now where we're going to go you know, either one of two ways or both ways. Mm-hmm. Um if if you know watching a film is isolating at the moment, if you do it on your own, either at home or on your little screen, the next step up is something like the Apple Vision Pro headset. Oh yeah, coming out next year, where not only are you you know entirely on your own, but you are literally wearing something strapped around your head which blots out the rest of the world. Yeah, wow. Um, it's, it's you know it's if it's possible to be even more isolated, this is the way that it will yeah. happen. Supposedly, listening to people who have tried out the Apple Pro, the Vision Pro headset, you know, it's astonishing picture quality and it's extremely immersive, and you can not only can you. Um, fool yourself into believing you're sitting at home watching something on a 75 inch screen um but also you can imagine that you're sitting in somebody else's living room with a 50 with a 75 inch screen yeah. that you could be you know sitting somewhere in paris with a view of the eiffel tower out of the window or you could be you know on your beachfront property or out in the desert somewhere you could be anywhere mm. entirely on your own watching this enormous screen yeah 
Um, I don't know whether that is the dream that we're after. The opposite is something which I've seen an awful lot of on YouTube. I don't know whether these videos have found their way to you. This is mm. The Sphere, which is in Las Vegas, which is like a new, I'm guessing I'm going to call it a concert venue. I've seen lots of clips of you too playing a gig at The Sphere, which appears to be an enormous dome-shaped stage mm -hmm. uh, where the inside of the, the, the dome is entirely lined with um, an LED screen, which you know covers, I don't know whether it's 360 degrees or 270 yeah. degrees, but you appear to be utterly immersed. Those little clips I've seen of the, of the concert you know, make this look like an incredible experience, just yeah. astonishing. Huh. You know, once you surround your audience entirely with a screen so you can ma manipulate what they see in every direction, yeah. you can create you know, all sorts of astonishing illusions. I wonder whether you know, this may in part be the future of you know, what we consider cinema now. If you can move the screen you know, away from being a box in front of you into being... You know, a, a, an immersive dome that surrounds you on all sides. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe this is the gateway to something which is you know even more extreme, even more immersive, even more involving. And by virtue of its volume, you will necessarily have to go and see this with with hundreds of other people as well, because it's the only way that you could make that sort of thing pay. Yeah, exactly. I wonder whether the sphere is what we're looking at. And there you will get experiences which will not translate into a home experience. Yeah. You can't show that on your telly at home because your telly doesn't go all the way around your head. Yeah. <laughs> yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yet. You're right. Well, because I mean, if you follow that logic, it's possible that people will just start putting rooms in their house that are kind of screen f three or four walls of screens and you could just do it in your house as well. Now that's that is the that is the plot of uh, Fahrenheit four five one, isn't it? Isn't yeah, that right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Well, and that brings us back to Arthur C. Clarke, who we talked about briefly when we talked about uh, BlackBerry. Ah. But I think we need that kind of science fiction mind to give us some insight as well. I'm going to go backwards in time though, because for me, I this this metaphor of film or cinema as a collective dream has always stuck with me. You're sitting in the dark, um, you're seeing images. Um, and it's just, it's like a dream state. If it's well done, I think it's taking mm. you to another world. Um, but you're doing it with all these other people in the dark. And I think for me, some of the moments in cinema that I love that are about cinema, these meta, meta, what is it? Is it meta? Yeah, it's a meta, this met, these meta moments of, um, uh, cinema in cinema, oh, boy, cinema a lot, huh? Cinema Paradiso <laughs> or so many Fellini films where you've got these groups of Italian villagers in this wreckety old um, opera house or theater house, um, watching movies together, making noise, throwing popcorn at each other. I think there's something very, very romantic about it. Maybe it's completely untrue, but I, I would think that that kind of community is so much easier to recreate than a sphere or some object that you wear around your head, which just kind of isolates you. So I, I would love to see just... Uh, smaller environments, just more community kind of environments. I think that's what we need, um, where people are going and enjoying it as an event, going out and, and establishing community with some sort of entertainment event. Yeah, that's just what I would like to see. How likely are we to get it? Not uh, very. Uh, what, what is the world's most successful platform for moving images? I believe is TikTok, where, where people are watching very low quality vertical video clips that last yeah. eight seconds long. Yeah. <laughs> I think that is actually the future. Oh, I think boy. in the future we will all be on our own in our bedrooms watching vertical yeah. video. Well, I wonder if you could. 
Okay, let's talk about Dickens, who was being paid by the word, so he was writing these things that were serialized in newspapers. I mean, maybe we'll start to see films released as chapters, not eight seconds long, but you could almost see a film that's released ten minutes at a time over the course of two months or something like that. I don't know. Um, Where it's told more like a book and released more in that way somehow. Oh. Magazine style, yeah. There was that abandoned project. Was it called QB, something like that? Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. Which which was like a a streaming platform with the intention that, that you could watch the content either landscape or vertical okay. and it would work both ways uh-huh. and you know, everything was under 10 minutes and it was somebody really trying to predict the future i think it was one of the disney guys wasn't it who was behind this and it failed utterly i think they paid a lot of people a lot of money to make some new yeah. short form content that could be viewed vertically or horizontally uh, oh no i wanted it people want to watch yeah. videos of their friends dancing on tiktok that's what people actually want it's yeah. you know it'll come up from the grassroots you yeah, can't but- you can't top down this stuff it has to come up from the bottom i think so and that's why for me it feels more like um we might be headed towards um, neighborhood cinema somehow. I hope. Yeah, that's that's a beautiful romantic idea, neighborhood cinema. Well, I, in in part, it's because I've got oh no, how do you pronounce it? Canonic. I've got canonic on the <laughs> can, brain because it's just canonic. Canonic. I was saying canonic for years. Anyway, I've got this. Is it Paul Dano or Dano? Carry on. It's Tom Hanks. We haven't mentioned Tom Hanks. It's basically a neighborhood cinema club where, you know, there are small groups of people watching stuff on real, actual real cinema. Did you say a neighborhood cinema club? What a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just feels like, and and part of that is legality, I suppose, right? Like, I mean, there's nothing to prevent me from showing something on Netflix and having 10 of my friends at my house. When, you're, when your daughter's watching in those movie, what is it, movie club nights or movie? Yeah, family. movie party or something like movie that. Movie parties. Um, I imagine Disney is still making their money. Whereas yeah, if I'm yep. if I'm using one Netflix account to show to ten or ten people in my family, I'm probably breaking the law somehow. So um, I think there's there's some legality issues there. But I think for me that makes more sense. I think it's what we need in the world. I don't know that we're even capable as a as a species of doing that kind of um, community building anymore. But I think that for me would be um, a better um, a better future. I'll tell you what we as a species are capable of. A few years ago, I read um, a patent application by Microsoft, which was circulated around on the Internet, where they would have a camera in your living room. Mm. um, And if you were uh, watching a film which you had rented from Microsoft and the camera determined that there were too many people in the room watching it, it would automatically stop playing. Wow. Yeah. Uh, That is the future that the human race can create for themselves. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yes. You haven't paid enough to watch this film with your friends. Please send some people out of the room. That's the. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Microsoft. Yeah. (laughs) So maybe when we talk about the two real cinema club, the two refers to the number of people in the room, not the (laughs) the number of reels that the film comes on. (laughs) Well, I will say I've been in screenings lately where it's four or five people um, in the room. In fact, um, uh, previous to Blackberry, we watched with Paul, Dynamic Paul, we watched a <laughs> film called Dumb Money. Right. And I think there were seven of us oh. in the theater. Yeah. And so, I mean, I I got back in the cinema pretty early on in terms of pandemic, I think 2021 sometime. Um, and I've been impressed with how, well, maybe not, maybe depressed with <laughs> how, how few people there have been in a lot of these screenings. Some Some big rooms with... A handful of people. Ah, uh, community. That's what we need, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Community. Yeah. Community. 
and that's why we're doomed. <laughs> Should we? Well, we're in the community now. Let's yes. get our popcorn and go see a film. Yeah, and tell your friend to sit back from that screen. Go back a couple <laughs> meters more. And then tell my friend. Down. I need to tell his optician, I think. Yes. Ooh.